Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. The kids got a PlayStation for Christmas, so I bought the kids, the kids, it's for the kids, it's for the children's, um, it's a, yeah, yeah, a PlayStation for them, but man, I, I couldn't help but download Madden uh, 2017. I haven't, I haven't had a PlayStation controller in my hand since college, like I was 24, and so I haven't played in a while. Some of you guys are all up on this. I am not. I started playing, like, it looks like real life. It was awesome. I got um, the Detroit Lions. I was the first year coach for the Detroit Lions, took them to the Super Bowl. We won the Super Bowl. So I'm just praising God for the Detroit Lions awesome season that we had. Um, it's just, I mean, we've never been in the Super Bowl before, and to come back and win it against the Tennessee Titans um, was just incredible. Um, but man, it's awesome. So anyway, I, I've been enjoying my time off. I hope you guys are getting to spend some time with family, staying up late, playing PlayStation or something. I don't know. But um, taking some time to rest and reflect is, is so good. Taking some time to look back. Um, and I, even, I haven't even started. I barely started just reflecting on the year and all that God has done in 2018 and or 2017 and, and everything that's going to happen in 2018. So I want to finish up the sermon series that I started a few weeks ago um, entitled Anything Can Happen. Uh, we've been talking about how God can do anything, so anything can happen, about stepping into 2018 with some expectation, some uh, expectancy, some faith that God can and will do anything for his kids. Uh, maybe that's why I'm driving around looking for a building. I don't know. But I just, I, I just think that we ought to expect great things from God. What's his name said? Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Um, those two things together. And the, 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 the Christmas story is, is proof that anything can happen. Um, if a virgin can give birth, uh, anything can happen. If shepherds can suddenly be apprehended by myriads of angels in the sky, anything can happen. We obviously serve a God who is not shy about his supernatural abilities or powers. He is not, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 elusive about that. He doesn't try to hide the fact that, that he really does miracles. And it's not, that, um, it's, it's not that we're not practical. It's not that we don't understand or believe in the laws of nature. We just believe that there is someone who is above the laws of nature who occasionally steps in and acts upon the laws of nature. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're playing pool and, 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 and you hit a ball and uh, the cue ball rolls toward the eight ball and uh, you can see the trajectory of it and it's going to hit the eight ball and you can understand the physics of, of the direction that it's coming from, the angle that it's hitting the eight ball, you can pretty much uh, conclude exactly where that eight ball is going to go. Uh, however... Uh, and that's, that's just general laws of physics. That's, that's the natural realm that we can see. However, we believe in a God who is sort of standing beside the pool table, <laughs> who can redirect the eight ball, who can act upon the cue ball, who can entirely remove things altogether. We believe in a God of the supernatural. So it's not that we're denying the natural. We don't believe in and making things up and, and, and just and just ignoring reality. 
Um, one plus one still equals two. Uh, you know, uh, you, if, if, you, if you jump off a cliff, you're still going to break your leg um, or worse. So, you know, this is not a license to be crazy, to be stupid, um, to jump off of buildings believing that God's just going to catch you. And, uh, you know, I, you to go start a bakery just because you like to, to bake. I mean, you know, you might want to think about business decisions and things like that. I mean, you know, before you just, just launch off and just God will take care of that, that's, we're not saying that God just takes care of everything and everything is going to work out because honestly, not everything does work out because sometimes um, we do dumb things. And it just happens. We just we 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 make we make bad mistakes. Um, I invested in the stock market once. <laughs> Haven't done that again. Don't I wouldn't suggest it um, unless you know you want to lose some money. It's just, it's just you know it's just sometimes we do dumb things. And but one thing that I am convinced of is that is that in spite of myself, God has shown Himself powerful in my life. In spite of myself, in spite of my mistakes, in spite of uh, even not, not, not just my mistakes, but even my sin, actual, actual going against God, rebelling against him. He has been faithful and loving to me, and he's always drawn me back and shown me that he can do anything that he is not limited by the things that I am limited by, that as long as my heart is right with him, as long as I am seeking him, as long as I am making sure that, that, that my conscience is clear before him, then it really doesn't matter what else may be against me, that anything can happen at any given time, at any given moment. So I just have been wanting to stir up faith inside of you and hope inside of you as we enter into the new year. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to preach a shorter sermon because I know we got kids in here and you, I think you only got one coloring page. So, and as Wyatt says, Pastor Harry is very boring. So um, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to, try to, try to keep it quick, try to keep it short. But, but I want to talk to you from, from, from a passage of scripture. And actually I, I brought an, a, a, a real Bible with me today um, because it's it's just that kind of day, um, real Bible day. So if you have a real Bible, go ahead and pull it out. We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17. I've never uh, preached from this passage before, um, but this is a powerful passage. I'm not going to be able to do it justice in uh, the time that I have. But 1 Kings chapter 17, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to have it up on the screen for you. Uh, this is a story about Elijah. Uh, he's one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. God used him mightily. Um, and this is the beginning of Elijah's ministry. Elijah's ministry started off um, with a Jesus Loves You tour. Uh, and the first stop of that tour, uh, he stopped and talked to an evil king named Ahab, the king of Israel, who was leading the people into sin. And uh, he said, uh, there's going to be no rain until I say so. And he called for a drought. Jesus loves you so much that sometimes he stops what you are relying on. He cuts off the supply of what you're relying on in order to get your attention. And so this is a Jesus Loves You tour. It's just not the kind of love that we often like. Um, this is correction. This is, this is, this is, this is uh, redirection. He's saying, look, there's not going to be any rain. And for an agricultural society, that's, that's a death sentence um, for several people. This is not just an economic hit. This is, uh, this is a hit in every way, shape, and form. Uh, no rain means no, no, no water, drinking water, and they're in the middle of 
of the desert. No rain means uh, no, no, no produce, no fruit, no vegetables. No rain means no, uh, no fruit and vegetables for the animals to eat. And so the animals are going to move off of that land and hunting is going to become more difficult. I mean, this is a massive hit um, to Ahab and to his, to his evil wife Jezebel. And so Elijah becomes uh, a kind of an enemy of the state. Uh, Ahab and Jezebel are chasing him, trying to hunt him down and kill him. And Elijah begins this process where God is leading him, where God is taking care of him. He's relying on God. And uh, we get to verse 8. Uh, now, he's already been hiding out. Um, near a brook. Well, then the brook dries up. And so God speaks to him again and says, the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah and said, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. Where? There. That's right, kids. That's, 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 that's the right answer. Bryden, Bryden, where? No, I wasn't paying attention. There. He said, go there. So he says, I want you to dwell there. Uh, arise and dwell there. And uh, uh, this belongs to Sidon. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there. Where? There. there gathering sticks. Uh, verse 9 is interesting to me. God speaks to Elijah and says, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there, where? There. <laughs> to feed you. Now, I don't, I don't, normally the way that, that I study scriptures, I just start reading a story and whatever sticks out to me is just something that God's trying to share with me. That word there, I think is so interesting. Actually, in this whole chapter, the previous verses, when God sent him to the last place, he said, I want you to go to this particular uh, uh, ravine and there these, these ravens will feed you. There's something about a place called there um, that is so important to, to this anything can happen. And so actually I'm, I made a new slide. I'm the, I'm the graphic designer around here. And so I'd already made the anything can happen slide, but I made a second anything ha can happen slide for today. I'd just like for them to put it up. Technically, <laughs> cause I don't want you to get confused. Okay. Anything can happen, but anything cannot happen anywhere. Anything can happen there. Anything can happen there. Some, sometimes, sometimes we, we sit around, we sit here, right, and, and we wait for God to do anything. But this is not how God works. God doesn't do anything here. God can do anything there. There is where the provision is. There is where the blessing is. There is where the miracles are. There is where God is. What, where is there? There is the distance between where you are and where God wants you to be. So there is not necessarily a geographical change. But, but if you are a Christian, heck, even if you're not a Christian today, I hope you are going somewhere. <laughs> I hope that you are not the same guy at 37 that you were at 7. Like, I hope you're going somewhere. I, maybe not geographically, because you're in Texas, and Texans don't go anywhere. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> you might want to hop on a plane and go see some seasons every once in a while. There are four of them in other places in the world. But, you know, this is like, like we ought to be going somewhere. You ought to be growing. You ought to be maturing. And, and I know my, my, my illustration this week of playing video games all week is not a good illustration, but it was interesting because I haven't played video games in forever. My kids hardly play video games, but I really got it for them because they love Minecraft. All they've had is this little pocket edition. I'm like, man, if they were to get the PlayStation, like it would just blow their minds. And so it was cool because Madden's eight and Mike is six. And when I was that same age, I was all into Nintendo. I don't know if you, anyone remembers Super Mario Brothers, the original Nintendo. We had Duck Hunt. We had, we had Tetris. We had, we had Mario. And we were trying to save the princess over and over and over and over and over again. And it was just exciting, you know? And so it was kind of cool. I'm sitting there playing video games with my kids. I used to love playing video games. And so in a way, it sort of took me back to when I was seven. But I mean, you know, it's okay when you're on vacation to visit that place every once in a while. But if you're still living like where you were, like this is not okay. This is not okay. Uh, I, true story. I read in KXAN News this week that um, this year, 2018, they're adding to the list of uh, diseases uh, and disorders. The American uh, list of disorders is, is uh, ex excessive gaming. It's what they're calling it. They're calling it the, a gaming disorder. I said, babe, I think I might have just caught this this week. I, seriously. <laughs> Um, it's a game, no, it's a, serious, it's a real disorder. Uh, uh, doctors can now prescribe prescriptions for, for this. Uh, insurance companies can now cover this. If you, if you cannot control how much you play video games, that's a real disorder, apparently. I, I don't know what you prescribe for that. Um, maybe a hammer, right? Like hit your PlayStation three times with this really hard and you will be free of this disorder. I mean, what do you prescribe for that? I don't know. I, I, if you struggle from that, just come down here. We'll pray for you and then we'll go home with you and we'll help you with your PlayStation disorder. Uh, I mean, gaming disorder, whatever. Uh, but like seriously, like the, it, even, even, even the American uh, society of, 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 of diseases, they're, they're recognizing that it is not okay for you to be still consumed with the same stuff at 37 that you were at seven. Something's wrong here. You're, stop, you're not moving. You're not going anywhere. But especially as a Christian, man, we are the only ones actually on this planet that can wake up one morning and decide that we don't have to wait for our circumstances to change, that God of the impossible has already stepped into our tomorrows. He's already defeated our enemies. He's already done everything that's necessary to do. And when he says to move forward, we can just move forward. We don't have to wait for a new job or a new election or a new season. We, in our season right now, we can step forward. We don't have to uh, wait for th our circumstances to change. We can go there. Elijah's still in a drought. Elijah still doesn't have any uh, promise of, of, of food or, or of shelter. But God says, go from where you are to where I want you to be. There is a place of obedience. There is a place where you are relying on God and not on your own intuition. There is not always a logical place. <laughs> it's interesting. God says to him in verse 9, he says, he says, I want you to go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Well, why is God saying it belongs to Sidon? I mean, doesn't, doesn't Elijah know where Zarephath is? It's like God saying, I want you to go to New York, the one in New York City. Yeah, no joke. I know where New York is. Uh, 
of course Elijah knows where, where Zarephath is. God is not giving him that because he needs the directions for his GPS. He doesn't have to enter that into Google Maps. He's telling him because he's reminding him of something. He says, I want you to go to Zarephath, which by the way is located in Sidon. Well, what's important about Sidon? Well, if you look forward in, in 1 Kings chapter 16, I don't have the verse for this, but when it's describing how evil King Ahab was, uh, I think it's verse 31, it says, and as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he even took for his wife a lady named Jezebel. Anybody ever heard of Jezebel? Anybody heard of, she's, she's the most evil like woman in, in all the Bible. He even took for his wife, and, and the Bible sees this as, the, as the, 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 the cherry on top of his transgressions. He said, as if it was a light thing for him to do all of that. Then he married the wicked witch of the West named Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians. Hmm. And Jezebel's out to kill Elijah, and God tells Elijah, I want you to go to Jezebel's hometown. <laughs> this is why it's always interesting to me. When people say they heard from God, God told me to take this raise. God told me to take this promotion. God told me, and it's like, that's funny because that's probably what you would have done even if God wasn't speaking to you, right? It's like, I've just been waiting for an opportunity from the Lord, and then it came. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was doing youth pastoring one time, and this, and, this, and this is young boy, 16. God told me to date Ruth, and Ruth was the most beautiful girl in, 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 in our 400-member uh, youth group. And I said, huh, because God's told a lot of guys that, actually. That's, that's interesting, and God's telling everybody to date Ruth. <laughs> And he said, no, seriously, I was praying about it. I flopped my Bible open. It fell open to the book of Ruth. God wants me to date Ruth. I said, man, I don't know if that's how it works. I, you, you're, you're not hearing from God. You're hearing from like what you can see and what you can think about. This isn't Jesus. But sometimes God, when God really speaks to you, it doesn't always make sense. It's not always the direction that you would go. There is not always where you would choose. It's not always what makes sense to you. God says, okay, all right, you're being hunted down by Jezebel. Cool, I want you to go to Jezebel's hometown. <laughs> and Elijah says, wait a minute, I might run into her at Starbucks. <laughs> but, but can I tell you that there, where God's calling you, there, when, when you are there, it doesn't matter where there is. There is the single best place for you to possibly be. You are safer in Starbucks with Jezebel than you are hiding in a cave somewhere in East Texas. Because I imagine that's where he would hide if he was trying to not be found. He says, I want you to go, I want you to go there. There is where the provision is. When, 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 when you can get there, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm not even going to get through the whole story, but church, I, I just feel like God's telling us to go there. I feel like God's telling us as a church to go there. I feel like God's telling you as a person, you've got to go there. You're waiting for God to do something for you. His promises are only applicable there. They don't work 
if you stay where you're at and i and i don't mean like you need to leave this church or you need to go move to another state no i mean there you need to get to a place spiritually you you might you might need to set aside the playstation maybe that's there for you less time playing video games more time seeking god maybe you need to set aside uh some tv this this year maybe you need to set aside some some social media that i don't know where there is but there is a place uh that is not where you are there's a movement there's some steps that you need to take and when you take those steps, you come into a place of provision where you get what you need to do what God's calling you to do. So often we wait for the provision, right? Like, like, you know, verse, like this, this is what stuck out to me is verse, verse nine says, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow. I've already commanded, I've already set up everything for you there. I haven't set up things for you here. I've set up things for you there. The provision is there. The, the blessing is there. It's going to be taken care of when you get there. And in verse 10, it says, So he arose and went to Zarephath. It's interesting. My Bible's missing a verse. Because there's no verse where it talks about God, like, encouraging him. About how awesome there is going to be. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe my, mine's the ESV version. Maybe you guys have the NIV or maybe the all-holy King James. But, but I, I, I checked every translation. There, there's no verse where it talks about how he felt about leaving where he was. There's no verse that talks about where, how Elijah felt about this. There's no verse where God gave him a motivational speech and told him how awesome he was and how he was going to make it and he was super talented. Because the Bible's actually not missing verses. We have inserted ideas from our culture into how God works and what love really looks like. But actually, somehow, God assumes that when he says, arise and go, verse 10 says, so he arose and went. Apparently, that's how this thing works. It doesn't say how he felt about it. It doesn't say what he thought about it. It doesn't say that God motivated him or told him how awesome he was or that he was, you know, the, 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 the best thing since sliced bread. He just, God said, arise and go, and he arose and went. And that's how you get there. That's how you get to the place of obedience is by walking in obedience. And by the way, it was about a 15-mile journey. And according to uh, uh, the, the maps on the back of my Bible, there were no HEBs along the way. There were no 7-Elevens, no Starbucks. It was like driving through Alabama or Arkansas. It was like driving through Arkansas. Nothing. Once again, if you actually get out of this state, you'll find out. You, you understand why people move from Arkansas to Texas because there's no Starbucks along the freeway. I don't know, uh, 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 Myron, how, how you guys survive, but it's just, it's, I don't, maybe, maybe they have them hidden back there behind the trees or something. I'm not sure how it works, but, but this is nothing because there's no provision between here and there. The provision is there. And this is why many people don't get there because they don't see the proof of it. They don't see the step. They say they're waiting for a quote, open door. But when God calls you to go there, you have an open door. You might not see it, but if you start walking in obedience, you will get there. And there is where the power is. There is where the ability for you to stay there is. Because we, we, we don't go there in obedience because we're afraid 
We won't be able to stay there. But he says, once you get there, you'll be able to dwell there. Uh, and I've been talking about this quite a bit, but like four months ago, three months ago, our, our Keep Kids Fed program just really like exploded. And uh, this was something that we had started. This is something we had started back a year and a half ago when we first moved into the school, talked to the principal, um, you know, how, how can we help? Well, a lot of our kids rely on us for, for lunches and breakfasts. And so we said, great, let us feed them. And so they gave us like six kids the first summer. And uh, uh, Nick and Carol and J JT and a few of us uh, adopted families and we were serving those families. And then the fall came and those families said, we really like the food. And so we said, all right, we'll keep feeding you on the weekends. And, and so then that grew a little bit bit and then it grew a little bit over the winter. I think we had like 10 or 12 kids over the winter last year and then over the summer we had like 16 kids which we were like oh this is awesome. We got 16 kids that we were feeding throughout the summer every day. You guys are bringing food right over there the, 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 the table. You guys are bringing all that stuff and we're feeding those kids and then and then and then some of our kids moved um, from 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 Williams. They graduated from Williams Elementary and they they went on to Betacheck Middle School and when they were there <laughs> there's there. When, 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 when they got there, they, they told Betacheck about how awesome this little, because they, they said, well, back, well, back there at Williams, there's this church, they had this feeding program, and it was awesome, blah, blah, blah. And so this, this faculty talked with that faculty, and they kind of got together, and then they got with JT, and, and all this stuff came together, and JT called me up, and they said, Betacheck wants us to feed some of their kids, but Betacheck's a lot bigger. They think they have like 75 or 80 kids, like we could have as much as 100 kids. And that's kind of like, like a big gulp moment, you know, because I don't like to commit to stuff and then not do it well. And so, you know, I, I said, man, can we commit to 100? Can we go from 16 kids to 100 kids every weekend? We don't, we don't have the resources for that necessarily. We don't, I don't have enough checks to write, you know. Um, I don't know how we can do that. And so, but we really felt that God was calling us to go there. It's amazing how when you're faithful here, <laughs> some, some, some of us aren't, we, we never get there because we're never faithful here. We don't have anybody telling Betacheck about us because there's nobody talking about us here because we weren't faithful here. And our employer here doesn't give us a great reference for us to get there because we, we, weren't, we weren't loyal here. It's, it's so it's how you behave, don't, don't get me wrong, it's not that God's constantly wanting to create new beginnings for us so that we can leave the old mess that we left and try to start something new and better and 2018 is going to be awesome because it's not 2017. No, it is 2017 just with a different digit on it. It's the same thing. If you can't be faithful here, you're not going to be faithful there. If you can't trust God here, you're not going to trust God there. I was listening on Facebook to this, to, to this preacher and he was talking about how God was going to make everybody rich. Like he was going to bless everybody so much and bless them and bless them and bless them. And they were just going to be so blessed. They're going to be so blessed that they couldn't help but be generous. That's what he said. And I thought, what? It's just, it's just kind of interesting because as a pastor, right, I'm also like the CEO of City Chapel. And so I also, at the end of the year, have to look over the books and we have to send out, you know, uh, 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 thank you letters to everybody and tax uh, uh, receipts for everything that they give. And I know that it is not the millionaires of the church that keep the church going. It's not. It's not. One time, our first year as a church, there was a guy who came to our church, and he, he had some money and uh, uh, never, never gave anything in the offering. Uh, he, he, he came because, because he, liked, he, liked, he said he liked my jokes, and he liked Noah's singing. 
And I said, well, hey, my jokes are pretty good and Noah's pretty awesome. So you get on, you know? And so he came and, and, and at the end of the year, he said, he said, he said, you know, Pastor, I want to go out to lunch with you and give you a check, uh, an offering check. And I thought, man, we're going to get a building with just with that one check. Like, it's going to be awesome. We're just going to, like, it's going to be, wow, really? Okay, wow, okay. And so, and so we sat down. I, I sat and talked to him. He slid a check over to me. And, um, and I, I said, well, well, thank you. That's awesome. But honestly, hearing his story of how City Chapel was impacting him was more valuable than the check. Because actually, just in numerical numbers, it was not that large. And I know this guy. And I'm like, man, this is like a very small amount for him. And I thought, man, well, okay, well, awesome. And I'm glad it's doing stuff in your life. That's wonderful. And uh, I just kind of went about... Uh, my week and end of the year came around. We were sending out letters and I saw, I saw this single mom's giving and she had given faithfully every two weeks. That's when she got paid faithfully every two weeks, all year round. And, 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 and at the bottom, there's a little tally, right? And it totals it all up. And I said, babe, did you see this? This single mom gave five times the amount that this businessman, this single mom gave five, like, and I'm not even talking about like the, the widow gave all that she had, so she gave more. No, literally more, like in the bank account, more. Like, like you can buy uh, TVs and, and, and drum equipment more. I mean, literally five times the amount over the year this single mom had given because God's kingdom doesn't run on people who are so blessed that they just can't help but give. No, if you're not generous, with 35,000 a year, you're not going to be generous with 350,000 a year. It's not going to suddenly happen. You're not going to suddenly get there because you got more money. No, if you can't trust God with 10% of 35,000 a year when you're a single mom trying to make it, you are not going to be able to trust God with $3.5 million. It doesn't happen that way. What you are here is what you are there. You, in order to get there, you need to be faithful here. God's kingdom is built and this church is paid for every month, not by people with massive amounts of money, but by people who are faithful with a little bit of money that they have. And as a CEO, I'm just telling you, that's how it works. That's how God's kingdom works. And I know it sounds good to think, wow, if God just blesses everybody, then suddenly we'll have more money. No, we won't. Selfish people will be selfish with a little bit and they'll be even more selfish with a lot. Self-centered people will be self-centered with a little bit and they'll be even more so because all this more stuff you can buy. <laughs> you get a PS4 instead of a PS3. It'd be awesome. You could get, <laughs> you get the VR edition, put strap that thing on your face and get a, totally engrossed in that. I mean, you get a new vehicle. I mean, I mean this, this world is full of stuff to distract you from the kingdom of God. And if you're not going there with what you have, you are not going to go there with anything else that you might get. There is a place that you reach because you were faithful here. Elijah was faithful in the ravine and he heard God to go there. He went to the widow at the, and he, he sees this widow at this gate of the city and he doesn't even know. Like God didn't tell him, well, she's got dark hair and, and, and a freckle on her cheek. He didn't give her any description, just, just a widow. But it's very specific. And, and Jesus even in his teaching, Jesus in his first sermon in Luke chapter four, Jesus references this story. He references this story and he says, don't you think there were a whole bunch of widows at the time 
of Elijah who were in need? He said, don't you think there were all kinds of widows in Israel? Don't you think there were all kinds of widows? He, in Luke chapter 4, look it up. Jesus says, don't you think there were all kinds of widows? Don't you think there were all kinds of opportunities? Don't you think there were all kinds of people you could have married? All kinds of jobs you could have got? All kinds of places you could have lived and schools you could have sent your kids to? Don't you think there were all kinds of opportunities? But none, but none of them was, was, was Elijah sent to except the woman and Zarephath. In other words, there is the most important thing. Not these opportunities. Not this, this, this stuff. Don't you think you have all kinds of choices of what church to go to? Absolutely. And if you're just picking churches, this is probably not the best one for you to pick. There's really good ones around here that, that you don't have to set up and tear down and, 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 and the preacher doesn't wear beanies and stuff. There's, there's preachers, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking options, if we're talking choices, if we're just selecting on a menu, don't you think all kinds of stuff like that? But no, no, I want a church full of people who are sent here. Like they know in their spirit, this is where God's called them to be. This is where God's going to provide for them. Them. This is where God's going to feed their souls. And it is there that you find the, the provision. And when he gets there, he, he looks at this lady and she's picking up sticks. <laughs> and I don't know, I, the Bible doesn't say that he was, you know, uh, clued in on what to look for, but but he, he looked, he found a woman gathering sticks. Now, there's only one reason why he'd be gathering sticks in those days, and that was to build a fire. It's kind of like pulling up to HEB, and you see a woman getting one of those uh, propane gas tanks. All right, she's getting ready to go home and grill. And so I think this is kind of why he chose her, because she's, she's obviously preparing for a meal. She's obviously getting ready. And this is what we talked about last year, actually. I don't know if you remember, but at the, in January last year, we talked about the, the, the faith that it takes to prepare before you have the proof. And that's exactly what this lady's doing. She's, she's doing something. Now, 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 she doesn't have a lot. We're going to see in the stories we read on. She doesn't have a lot to cook, uh, but she's buying the propane tank for the grill. She's getting the grill ready. Uh, without the steak. She, all she got is a can of Spam, and she's getting the grill ready. And it's almost in faith. Real faith doesn't need proof to start preparing. And she starts preparing even without the proof. And when Elijah sees that she is preparing, Elijah calls on her. And Elijah says uh, to her, bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her again and said, actually, um, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Uh, on, 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 on to the next verse. And she said, and this, this is when she says, well, well, wait a minute. She says, as the Lord, your God, that's important, your God. It's not her God because she lives in Sidon. These, these people are not necessarily Jews. She says, but she does believe in God. She says, as the Lord, your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. It's interesting. You never know what people are facing. You can't, you can't tell by their daily activities what, what's, what's really uh, awaiting them at home. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first. <laughs> he says, That's cool. If you're going to make a meal, then you're going to die. It's fine. <laughs> But first, first what? Well, before you die. 
But first, but first, he says, go and make a little cake. Go and make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. She went and did, as Elijah said. She and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was never spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elijah. This is the biggest test of her faith, though, right here, is Elijah says, that's, that's, that's good, go make, go make it, but, but first bring me some. This, the whole miracle would not have happened. She would not have been provided for, her son would not have been provided for, if she would have looked after herself first. And God's given us a principle here that, that what, you, what you take care of first has the power to bless what comes after. What you do first has the power to affect what comes after. So if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is check Facebook, don't be surprised if Facebook affects everything after. If, the, if, if, you, if you walk into work and the, the first thing you do, the, the first thing you do is start talking to the person on the other side of the cubicle about what so-and-so said and such. Don't be surprised if, if gossip affects afterward, everything afterward. This is, why, this is why tithing is so important. Financial tithing, that's why giving is so important. This is why I'm convinced, this is why I'm convinced that whenever we are faithful in giving the first of anything to God, then God has the power to bless everything that comes after it. Because people would say, well, you know, why would I give 10% to God when I'm barely making it on 100%? Well, that, that's why. Because 100% of unblessed funds and unblessed money can only go so far. 100% of a handful of flour and a little bit of oil, you're going to eat it and then you're going to die. But, but if, you, if, you, if you give God first, if you seek God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, what comes first? I mean, that's why we worship on the first day of the week, in the first hours of the day. That's why every January, 21 days, we take 21 days of prayer and fasting to put God first in the year. It's amazing what you do first, how it affects everything that comes after it. And so this, 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 this month, we are doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I would want you guys to join us. We're not starting. We're starting on, on the 7th, which means you have all of this week to finish eating all the leftovers and, uh, you know, do whatever you want to do. Play some more PlayStation. But, um, but starting like next Sunday, we're going we're gonna to announce it and we are going to start having 21 days of prayer. That means every evening we're meeting in different homes for prayer. And many of us are fasting throughout that time. If you want to know what that's about, go on the website. There's a lot of information on fasting. It's where you give up eating uh, either all food, some food, give up social media, give up something. It's kind of like Lent. I was talking to somebody, they said, well, yeah, it's kind of like Lent. I said, yeah, it is kind of like Lent, only it's at the beginning of the, it's first. We don't do Lent in March. It's, it's kind of like Lent, but it's, it's in the beginning of the year. We're giving it to God first, because if you give God what's first, God blesses what's left. God multiplies what's left. 
but you got to give God what's first. And, and it's interesting. Last year, I started uh, a new fast. Uh, for We basically took the paleo diet. And for me, that's a fast because that means no pizza, no ice cream, no coffee, no all the stuff that I love and live on. And um, we just went paleo. And I found out I actually kind of liked it. And I sort of like just eating, you know, meat and a little bit of vegetables and a lot of fruit and nuts and stuff like that. And, and I just, it, it, was, it was interesting. I said, man, I'm going to sort of keep a little bit of this diet. I'm not going all, you know, full on. I'm going to keep a little bit of it. We kept a little bit throughout the year. I mean, and, I, and it's just, I feel so much better. I feel so much healthier. Um, it's awesome. I've lost 25 pounds, which I didn't even know I could lose 25 pounds. But, uh, but it's just been, you know, what you do first, it sets the trajectory for the rest of the year. And so I want to encourage you to join us on those days, to join us in fasting something, to join us in prayer. You don't have to join every single night. Come once, come twice. Uh, all the details are going to be on the handouts and stuff, but man, you got to learn to put God first in your calendar, put God first in your schedule, put God first in your finances. When you, when you put him first in your finances, he blesses what's left. When your business puts him first in their finances, he blesses what's left. That's why as a church, we give. We give 10% of everything that comes in. We give it to the global church. We give it to missionaries. We, we give it out because we want, we want City Chapel to be blessed. And we've seen that. We've seen that blessing time and time again. We've seen God open up doors. As we've stepped out in faith, we stepped out in faith with Keep Kids Fed program. We started feeding kids even when we didn't think we could afford it. And in October, the lowest giving month for us of this entire year, we were writing checks to Sam's Club. Because <laughs> you all were giving even more, but you can't cover all those kids. And so we were just, we were going to Sam's Club, we were buying a lot. And, and, and we were, I don't know how long we can do this, but we're going to do what it takes to be there. By God's grace, we're going to be there. We're not going to take a vote on it. We've never voted on going there. Um, my job is not to be a politician, make sure you guys are all like voting for the same thing. My job is to, is, is to hear from God, communicate it effectively, clearly to you all, and then go first and give first and sacrifice first because I'm a leader. And then you guys follow. Um, some of you, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and that's, that's how it works. And so we just did it. We just, we just did the thing. We just, we just started uh, writing checks and taking care of it. And, and God just began opening up doors, and somebody came and talked to me about the Austin Food Bank. Uh, it's a food bank here in Austin. They get millions of dollars in government grants for food and food drives and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And so uh, me and, and uh, Nick and Carol and Eddie, we, we, we went to the little orientation thing, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of people there at the orientation applying to become, you know, um, uh, affiliates with the food bank um, distribution sites. And uh, there's a long list of all these things that we had to uh, uh, comply with. And, and one of the hardest things was you had to be serving 25, you had to have proof of serving at least 25 families for three consecutive months. Which if you're, if you're a small church, it's not, you know, how, how, how are you going to do that? You know, why? Because they want proof that you've been there for a while before they, before they start giving you free food. And um, so I said, well, okay, how long has it been since it kind of exploded? And well, September, October, November, all right, we need to wait for December 1st. The deadline was December 3rd. And so I don't like to wait to the last minute. And so um, I, I, multiple hours before the deadline on December 2nd, multiple hours, not the last minute, multiple hours, I submitted the application. 
because I don't like to wait to the last minute. So, you know, I mean, there were hours involved. And so uh, we submitted the application. We found out the week before Christmas that we were accepted um, by the Austin Food Bank as a food distribution site, which what that means, like, it, 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 it means a lot of things, actually. Um, but the biggest thing it means is that we have basically a blank check for as much food as we need. We've given out um, over 10,000 pounds of food in 2017. We estimate we're looking at 25,000 pounds of food in 2018. And on it, literally, we just tell them what we need and we pull up and we get a lot of it. Now, there are some items that they don't supply that we are still gonna need some donations for. We're gonna, we're gonna let you guys know about that. But a whole lot of fresh fruit, a whole lot of vegetables, a whole lot of even protein. And so this goes beyond just keep kids fed. This goes to our homeless ministry. Our youth go out twice a month and deliver bags to the homeless. I mean, so we now, they don't, like Peter and Jalisha don't have to go buy the food. We actually get the food from the food bank to give to the homeless people. And, 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 and not only for the homeless ministry, but even people in our church, if you are struggling with food, uh, Tuesdays from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., you can come to our office, tell us what you need, and we give you bags of groceries from the food bank to take care of you, to take care of the faculty and the teachers here at Williams Elementary and Betacheck Middle School. I mean, like, it gets, it gets pretty crazy. It gets pretty like mind blowing because at some point you're like, we're like, we're a, we're a tiny church in South Austin. We have the biggest pantry of any church in South Austin. Like, this is like, wow, what is God doing here? Well, you're, you're, you're faithful to go there. And then God, there's a blank check waiting for you there. God's got a blank check waiting for you there. You're not going to get it here. You have to step out in faith and go there, you have, to, you have to make some commitments right now. I'm going to start walking there. And it might be, take a while. For a year, a little bit over a year, we were feeding kids as best as we knew how. You guys were bringing in food as best as you knew how. And even for three months, we were writing checks while you guys were bringing more and more food. But God is faithful to pay for what he orders. He's got, he's, he said, I've already commanded a widow there to feed you. And so that's really my altar call today. What is God calling you to do? Where is there for you? What is the next step? What is he calling you to give? What is he calling you to sacrifice? What adjustments is he calling you to make in your calendar? And how can you start right now? How can you start 2018? Not with a New Year's resolution, but with an act of obedience. Because that's really all it is. It's just an act of obedience. For some of us, is fasting, you know, a lot. But the power is not in the fast. The power is not in the prayer. The power is not in the thing. It's, 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 it's in the obedience. So that's why it's different for every one of us. So Lord, we ask for you to speak to each one of us, old and young, seven-year-olds, 70-year-olds. Tell us where you want us to go, and we will start walking. We decide beforehand that our answer is yes.